0: Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3pm US Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Jules Burt. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Now you're playing with power. I've been playing a few different games and I want to talk about I want to talk about each one of them. I I can't go into too much detail because I haven't played a lot. But let me let me let's start with Riot Civil Unrest. And this is a really, really cool idea. The idea is that you basically it's a real time Riot simulator. So you've got like protesters and you've got police. You've got two sides to this. And you, you kind of have like all of the, like you decide which side you're going to control. Maybe you want to be on the, on the protester side. Maybe you want to be on the police side, but whichever side you control, uh, it's this weird, almost like 12 bit style. I don't know that's not a real thing, but kind of half with the halfway mark between eight bit and 16 bit and it reminds me a little like the graphics style reminds me a little bit of sword uh and sorcery super brothers but the game like whichever side you choose your the people on the screen are like automatically broken into these like smaller groups and you control which group you want to tell which direction to move with the right stick and then the left stick you push to get them to move in that direction, but you don't really feel like you're controlling the things on the screen. It really feels more like like herding cats or um, if you've ever put like a screen protector on something and you're trying to push the bubble out from underneath the screen protector, that's what the gameplay feels like as you're trying to get these groups to move around. And you know, once you get them in place, you you have to stop controlling that group and, and try and wrangle another group to get in the way. And if you're on the police side, your job is to get over to the objective. And if you're on the rioters side, it's your job to keep the police from getting to their objective. It it's a really strange game. And it was put together by a very small team. And I I, I worry that the small team was just too small. Um, when I was playing the game, there's no tutorial at all. It doesn't teach you how to play. They just throw you in and it was very very confusing. This is this is like back in the days when I played um Raiders of the Lost Ark on my Atari 2600 and we didn't have the instruction booklet for that game. <laughs> And that game required two controllers. Like you had to have one controller to control Indy and one controller to control his inventory, which is a really cool way to add more controls to a game in order to make that game more complex. But we didn't own the instruction booklet, so we never figured that out until much later. This game feels like that. Like I am just missing something that I don't understand. You also have like this um, gear that you can buy, like you can buy like a bullhorn or, um, like smoke grenades and things like that. And your job is to either stop the police or get to your objective within the allotted time, keeping the violence as low as you possibly can. But sometimes like you can go into either, uh, active mode or passive mode and in passive mode, like you'll pick up rocks and throw them at the police and things like that. It's a really strange game. Uh the the no 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 tutorial, horrible controls, it feels like unreadable text. Like the font that they chose for the text is terrible. And all, all in all, the game just feels like a mess. Now, I've probably only played it for an hour. That's as far as I could stomach it. I didn't want to play anymore. I had enough. I would highly recommend that you, if you're looking at this game, make sure that you watch some some footage that, that somebody makes that really loves this game because maybe they can explain how the game plays. After an hour, I couldn't figure it out. I would, got frustrated and just put it down. Moving on. Uh, Reverie. The... Um, the... I can't remember the subtitle for the game, but Reverie is this really cool Zelda uh, ripoff almost. And I hate saying things that are, say I hate saying that it's a Zelda ripoff because that feels really bad. Like a, a, a good Zelda ripoff that I would say would be Blossom Tales on the Nintendo Switch. That's a fantastic game. Yes, it's a Zelda ripoff, but it's also really fun and uh, compelling to play. This kind of has that same thing. Um you are this kid who is going to visit their grandparents on some island that in the the island is like haunted by the spirits of these uh three brothers. It's like the the story of the island is is that there's four brothers actually and they are out fishing one of them hooks uh, the island and pulls it up to the surface and the other brothers are jealous of his accomplishment and throw him in the, uh, in the ocean to die. And so then he curses them and they are lost out at sea and their spirits go into like these temples on the Island. And that's all like in the, like the setup, like the mother is telling this to the boy at the very beginning of the game. And then you're on like a a modern boat talking to your mom. And she's like, all right, go have fun with grandpa. And you get off the boat and you go and find grandpa's house. And this is definitely a Zelda ripoff. Like instead of a sword, you use a cricket bat as your weapon. Um, there, There was also some very Zelda like puzzle solving things where Um, you know, you push a block to move an item, that kind of thing, or, or move switches around in order to open up a path so you can get from point A to point B. Um, I think it's really fun for myself. There's like some funny language barrier stuff that I was like, not quite sure about. Like in New Zealand, do they call stores dairies? I'm, I'm not sure about that. And like this, this other character walked up to me and said this really strange sentence and I had no clue what it meant. And I think that that was because they were using like New Zealander uh, slang that just kind of went past me. The controls are a little loose, like it's not quite as tight as Zelda, but the game is really fun. And I would highly recommend that you, uh, if if it sounds good to you, check out my first look over on my YouTube channel. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing that. Another game that I've recently played, uh, I got a first look out for that as well, is Guacamelee! 2. Uh, Guacamelee! 1 is this fantastic game that I've played uh, both on the Wii U and on uh, Steam on my PC. Really, really great game. I never finished it, only because I have the attention span of a gnat. But uh, it is a Metroidvania-style game That takes place in like this Mexican themed uh, place where you are a luchador who has come back from the dead to save the girl of your dreams from these evil like demon people or whatever. Uh, It's got a fantastic hand-drawn unique art style and the combat is extremely fluid. You can like punch dudes and then hit a button and you'll grab them and then like an arrow pops up on your character and with that arrow popped up you can then throw the the enemy that you're holding in that direction maybe you throw them against other players or not players but other enemies and kind of cause like a this chain um uh chain reaction kind of thing it's a very very fun game and if you've never played the first one i highly recommend it guacamole 2 uh is i came out a while ago on the Nintendo Switch, but I reached out to the developer and and I said this one got past me and I didn't see it and uh, I wanted to check it out to be able to talk about it on the podcast. So could you send me a copy? And sure enough, they did. Um, it picks up it, well, literally, it picks up right at the end of Guacamelee One. So if you haven't played Bl- Guacamelee One, I, I recommend playing the first one uh, first. Otherwise, you're going to get spoiled on some things that happen. Uh, but uh it t- it picks up right at the end of guacamole 1 and then after that there's like a 7 year gap and then 7 years has gone by and the main character whose name is Juan uh he's a big fat guy now cuz he's not out saving the world anymore or not the world they call it the Mexiverse uh he's not out saving the Mexiverse anymore uh so you know he's put on a few pounds and you know you you kind of have to you, I'm not going to get into the details, but you got to go down the mask again and save the day. And it is really, really fun. Uh, wonderful, wonderful controls. You are you you definitely feel like you are in charge of what's going on in the game. And of course, like every Metroidvania game, it has, um, you know, uh, these abilities that you can unlock that will allow you to traverse the areas faster, get to new areas that you couldn't get to before that kind of stuff. It's really fun, and of course, I would be absolutely out of my mind if I didn't mention how funny this game is. This game is really, really funny. Uh, The writing is awesome, just like in the first one. If you've played Guacamelee 1 and you haven't checked out Guacamelee 2, you absolutely should. If you haven't checked out either of them, then there is this thing called the Guacamelee 1-2 Punch Collection which is coming out very soon. Um, let me bring this up on the screen. Uh, so uh, tougher together for the first time, the Guacamelee 1-2 Punch Collection combines the critically acclaimed Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition and its highly anticipated sequel, Guacamelee 2, into one incredible must-buy package. By the way, this is not an ad. I just really like this game a lot. Um, it's got a fantastic art style. If you want this, it's coming to PS4 and Switch. I recommend Switch because then you can bring it with you. Um, and it comes out on May 28th. You can pre-order your copy by uh, checking out the link in the show notes. It's it's a great game. And if you've never played either of them, then I feel like you're missing out. So make sure that you check those out. Um, next thing, or the next game that I wanted to talk about that i played recently oh no that's that's it let's uh let's move on to news now i know how you're spending the holidays watching nintendo so we've got some rumors and i want to make sure that everybody is is understanding that these are not official these are just rumors we don't know if this is true we don't know if this is just somebody making something up we don't know if it's a mistake on the retailers part but there's a uk retailer that has possibly leaked the release dates for three upcoming nintendo switch games That I think a lot of us are looking forward to at least everybody. I think everybody in here is probably looking forward to at least two of them. Okay. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, Animal Crossing, and Damon X Machina. Now, before we get any further with this, some of you might be like, what's Damon X Machina? This is that really weird mech game that, uh, like, cell shaded mech game that Nintendo uh, opened up E3 with. La- uh, last year. So last year at E3, the first thing that they showed was this really weird, like they had heavy metal playing and there's this really weird mech game that looked very, very interesting, especially because I haven't played like a mech style game in ages. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this. Actually, I'm looking forward to all three of these. Uh, but that's what Damon X Machina is. Uh, Luigi's Mansion. I loved the first one. I, I The second one was pretty good. I would say it was probably better than the first one, but it was on the 3DS and I just never got around to playing it for some reason. Like I played it some, but not very much. It probably got about halfway through the game. And then Animal Crossing, my first Animal Crossing that I ever played was New Leaf. And like my my wife, my son, and myself, we had a blast playing that game. So I personally am looking forward to all three of these games. I am curious which ones of these are you guys looking forward to? Uh, so let's talk about these release dates. Um, Luigi's Mansion, The th- this is via Nintendo Soup, and it's been on like every Nintendo blog. So uh, like you can find this everywhere, but you can also just follow the link in the show notes to check it out over at Nintendo Soup. Uh, the release date for Luigi's Mansion 3, rumored again, is July 19th. Uh Animal Crossing has a rumored release date of September 13th and Damon X Machina has a release date a rumored release date of May 24th. Now, I think that whether or not I think that this is legitimate or not is completely beside the point because I don't know any more than you do. But I you know, looking at that, it seems like pretty decent spacing. And if we were to use this and I didn't think of this until right now, so uh, forgive me if I stumble over my words, but if we use these titles as placeholders and think about what other games do we know are coming and could fit in, like what what months do you think that we would see certain games come out? So, for instance, you know we've got September, May, and July. Uh, we want to have Nintendo has said at their investor meeting. Recently, that they are expecting that this is going to be a big year for Nintendo, driven by lots of really highly anticipated software titles. And we don't really know exactly what they mean by that, but, you know, Luigi's Mansion and Animal Crossing are going to be two huge sellers, I think, on the Nintendo Switch. So, what other games are coming out this year? Well, uh, we're fairly, we're 99% sure that Pokemon. Uh the the new Gen 8 RPG is coming out. And if I were to guess, it would be November. So the end of the year would be buoyed by Animal Crossing and um what okay, game did I just say? My brain stopped working. This is this is why I should kind of try and form my thoughts ahead of time. Oh man, I was just talking about something. Oh, Pokemon. For how did I forget Pokemon? So um thank you, Johnny Link. Uh so Pokemon would bring up the end of the year with September. That leaves an an opening for something in October. And if I were to make a guess, I would say that would probably be a really good time for Fire Emblem. Especially if you want to see a lot of sales. Like, let's think about this. At the end of the year, we're going to have three games. Well, if the Fire Emblem Three Houses comes out in... uh, in October, uh, so September Animal Crossing, October Fire Emblem Three Houses. I think I said November before. I meant October, and then November Pokemon. Those are three games that were huge, huge sellers on the 3DS, and it makes so much sense to me for them to take those three three franchises and lump them in right at the end of the year when a lot of people will be buying more Switch consoles. Uh, especially because those are traditionally um, 3DS titles, and now they're going to be titles that are Switch titles. I think that's a brilliant move to bring those three together at the end. Uh, So with that kind of idea, the way that I kind of lumped those three together at the end, I'm curious as to what you all think uh, about what other games do we expect to see around these dates? Like if, if... We'll just pretend that these dates are true. Uh, Luigi's Mansion in July, Animal Crossing in September, and Demon X Machina in May. What other games do you expect to see that would prop up in the other months surrounding those in order to give Nintendo that big 2019 that they've been talking about? Let me know. There's a lot of ways that you can let me know. You can tweet at me at Stomp. You can send me an email, uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. And you can, of course, join the Nerd Nest by heading on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord and join our Discord community. We call it the Nerd Nest. and We have a lot of fun over there. Hello, look. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, listen. Speaking of getting a hold of me, Ralph Martinez sent me an email. Thank you, Ralph. And uh, this is what this this is what they said. They said, Hi, Bill. I just wanted to share my thoughts with you and see what your take is on what I've been realizing about the Nintendo Switch. I was recently itching to play a quality, realistic-style first-person shooter, and I remember having a blast playing Call of Duty and Battlefield games. I realized that the Switch doesn't have any decent first-person shooter games besides Doom and Wolfenstein. I realized that Call of Duty games have been played out and stale, but it's always fun to play a nice first-person shooter with real gun models and a real-world feel. Also, the PS3 and Xbox 360 had a handful of these games and were able to run them just fine. I assume that whatever those systems could run, the Switch could run as well. So what is your take on the lack of these type of first-person shooter games? Well, I think a lot of those games come from super, super big developers. Uh, So uh, teams like Activision or EA, like these are huge, huge companies. And the bigger the company, the slower it is to pivot. And the Nintendo Switch was not anticipated by these companies to be a huge success. Uh, Nintendo, against all odds, has somehow pulled it off and they have a behemoth on their hands selling 36 million uh, consoles so far that's pretty amazing and they're actually on track like if you if you align all of the launches of the current gen together um the Nintendo Switch is outselling PS4 and Xbox 1 and it's actually on the same path as the Wii except the Wii's going to easily outpace it because the Wii's uh second and third years were insane uh so why don't we have those games i because a lot of those companies just take too long to change direction it's like when you're talking about a small independent developer they're in a speedboat they they, they have to watch out for a lot of rocks they really have to be careful of that stuff but they also have the ability to turn really fast when you're talking about uh, uh you know ea and companies like that, they're like aircraft carriers. You know, they're going to take miles to make a turn. So because they're such huge companies and it takes so long for them to turn, when they looked at the Switch and they said, I think that we're going to wait and see what Nintendo does here because they were kind of burned in the past. Um, It's it's going to take them a while before they can bring their development teams around to the Switch and actually get something out. Video game development takes an insanely long time. And making a game that has realistic physics, realistic graphics, realistic um, models, like that takes even longer. When you're talking about something like... And, and, and I don't mean to say that something like Stardew Valley is easy to make because I'm not a video game developer and I certainly wouldn't say that. But when when you compare the work that goes into making something like Stardew Valley to making something like Call of Duty. Call of Duty takes a lot more work. Personally, I think Stardew Valley is a better game, but the budget and the costs of making something like Call of Duty um, or uh, Wolfenstein or things like that Like that's that those are huge budget games and it takes a lot of effort. So even if they, uh, you know, they were, you know, when the Switch launched, they said, we're going to wait and see. And then they waited a year. Okay, so fine. They waited a year. Now they now we've now they've just started production on these these realistic looking military shooters for the Nintendo Switch. And that means that we are not going to hear about them for a while. It could also be the possibility that we just won't see those games on the Switch because traditionally those games don't tend to sell well on Nintendo platforms. So let me give you an example. Uh games like Call of Duty, I think, I, I could be wrong, but I believe Call of Duty was, was ported to the Wii U because you know the this is kind of the same thing that happened before. The Wii came out and all the developers ignored it and it sold like crazy so then they scrambled to get there and then when the Wii U came out I don't know if you re- remember this or not but the Wii U had a fantastic launch it like it sold out and there was tons of developer support like it launched with lots and lots of games the problem was is that the developer support was kind of crap like they would port older games to the system and people weren't really interested in playing those games so these developers kind of get themselves caught in this uh chicken and egg uh, um chicken and egg uh situation where people don't buy their games on the Nintendo platforms because they don't make the high quality versions of those games for Nintendo platforms. And what what's really to blame here? Is it, is, our, is it because people who like Nintendo stuff don't want to play those games? I don't think so. I think it's because a lot of those big companies, they look at Nintendo and they say, well, that's our third string. You know, we've got our first string. We've got the second string. Our third string's over there. We're not really going to put our our biggest development teams on that kind of stuff because it's going to cost us too much to to take all of the assets that we make for the other systems which are more powerful and make those it's a lot of work to get those games that are expecting beefier processing power to run on the switch that's a lot of work so we'll just we'll just kind of throw crappy ports and see what sticks and of course nothing sticks because we don't want crappy ports. So people don't bother buying them. And then the developers look at it and they say, oh, see, they don't want these games anyway. What a waste of our time. So I think that that's what you're, that's another thing that could be happening. It's either that these games are in development and it's going to take ages or these games are not in development because these companies, they just don't care about Nintendo Switch owners. They are much more interested in PS4 and Xbox One people. And while that may be a shame, you have to remember that even though the Switch is selling really, really well, it still has the fewest number of consoles in the wild. Uh, So they have to go. These are publicly traded companies. They have to try and make money. And it's easiest to say, where are you going to put your your resources? Are you going to put it where you can sell to a few customers? Or are you going to put it where you can sell to a lot of customers? And uh, who knows what's happening behind the scenes. I would like to think that these companies are going to be making, um, making these games for the Nintendo Switch. But what I would recommend, Ralph, is that you can get a PS4 or Xbox One really cheap right now. And they have a pretty decent library. So maybe just start squirreling away some money. And like I have a PS4, it's sitting right next to me. And I play the games that are not accessible on the Nintendo Switch on there. My Switch is my primary console. That's where I like to play. But I also play over on my uh, my PS4. In fact, I played a game today and uh, I didn't feel like I was missing out. It was, oh shoot, what, was, what was the name of the game? Um, Apex Legends. I, I I played Apex Legends on my PS4 today for a little bit. I was unimpressed. Uh I'm not going to get into why because that's not what this show is about, but that's a game that's not going to be able to be played on the Nintendo Switch, although there's rumors that it could come to the Switch in the future. But there, that seems to be like every developer says, well, you know, maybe and then everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it looks like it's happening. So who knows? Uh, thank you so much for the email. I really appreciate it. okay everybody let's take let's let's jump into the lightning round. The lightning round is where I talk a little bit less about each thing. well in this case, a whole lot less. I've got three stories that I want to cover very quickly. The first one is that Nintendo Switch Online that gives you the N- Nintendo Entertainment System games. Two new games were announced that are coming out on February 13th. So, start your engines, get ready. I don't know why I said start your engines. They're not driving games. The first one Oh man, I'm so excited for this. Super Mario Brothers 2. Now, I know it's an old game. Why are you excited for it? Because Super Mario Brothers 2 is one of my favorites. If if I had to rank the 2D Mario games, I would say that Super Mario World is my favorite. Like I adore that game. My second favorite I think is Super Mario Brothers 2. And then three, and then one, and then all of the other ones after that. Um, and I know that that's not a popular opinion because Super Mario Brothers three is what everybody says is the best one. But I just I I adored what they did with Super Mario Brothers two, completely changing the formula. And there's a reason why they changed the formula. It's because it wasn't originally a, the the game the 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 real Super Mario Brothers two came out in Japan. And then they rebranded a game called Doki Doki Panic uh, and brought it over to the US with uh, Mario and his friends in there. So it's a very different game. And if you've never played it, now you're going to be able to if you have Nintendo Switch online, which apparently there are 8 million accounts. So 8 million people are going to get this game. It's super fun, really hard, and I had a lot of fun playing it. At least I thought it was really hard. I didn't beat it until I was an adult. When I was a kid, I just kept I just kept dying over and over. Uh, Vernon T says it's Super Mario Bros. 2 is charming. I agree. It's super charming. Kirby's Adventure is the other game that we're getting on February 13th. I've never played it. Actually, well, I think... I think I played it if it's on the NES Classic, I think I played a little bit of it, but not too much. I'm not never been a fan of Kirby games, so like I don't I don't really care about Kirby games all that much. That being said, um maybe I'll check it out. But what I'm really much more interested in is Super Mario Bros. 2. Now, usually they've been giving us three games. Um at first they were giving us three games and then a fourth weird game that was like uh, you know a, a game that we already had but changed in some odd way with like a little metal on it that said SP. And then last month they only gave us two games and then an SP game. So we still don't know what the SP game is going to be for this month. Uh all I know is that I'm excited for Super Mario Brothers 2. Um let's talk about something that's not exciting. Um, what's the name of the game again? Okay, uh, Killer Queen Black, which is a game that was supposed to come out last year and then it got delayed to quarter one 2019. Well, it's being delayed again to quarter three 2019. I really cannot explain what this game is. You, it, it's really strange. It's a competitive game and. At any time, you're going to be playing this game against other people, and the top team who are playing this game, that top team will be called the Black Team, and their version, like their gameplay, whoever's the top team at the time will always be streaming on Twitch, which is this really interesting thing. It's It's got this cool 16-bit art style that I really, really like and basically it you are fighting two teams of four there's a queen and then there's workers and you're like bees I guess and you also have this weird thing where there's a snail trying to cross the finish line it the, the game just looks bananas and I'm excited for it but it's been delayed to quarter three that's too bad because I was really looking forward to it but you know what else was delayed a bunch Wargroove. wargrove was well wargrove didn't come out when we expected it to and now that it's out like i'm i've been playing a bunch of it it's super fun uh so you know what uh whoever is in charge of making uh killer queen black take all the time you want because when that launches we'll be here waiting i'm excited for it uh last story for today is a story about uh, an interview with Famitsu with Tetsuya Nomura. He is the director of Kingdom Hearts. And he said it is possible to release the game on Nintendo Switch. Um, he also said other hardware is not limited to the Nintendo Switch, and we will consider all of them after the release of the PS4 and Xbox One versions. So now that, that Kingdom Hearts 3 is out, it is possible that it will come to the Nintendo Switch. Now, if you've seen Kingdom Hearts 3, you know that that game is really pretty. Like, the Nintendo Switch cannot push that hard. Like, it's not going to be able to look like that. But this is a game from from Square Enix. So my guess is that maybe they'll do something kind of like they did with Final Fantasy XV. Uh, If you've ever played Final Fantasy 15 on PS4 or Xbox One or PC, like that game is really, really like a photorealistic style game. Looks really pretty, uh, really great graphics. And then when they ported it to the Switch, it's basically like a mobile version. The graphics are completely different. The gameplay is different, but the same story. And I think that that's possibly what like they could just adjust the Kingdom Hearts game or remake it using the engine from Final Fantasy 15 uh, pocket, whatever it's called. I can't remember. Uh, so is Kingdom Hearts 3 coming to the Switch? It's possible, according to Mr. Nomura. Uh We won't know more until later, but I think that possible, but it's not going to be the same as it is on other consoles. And you know what? That's OK, because I've played Final Fantasy 15 both on my Switch and on my PS4. And of course, it looks better on the PS4 but I actually enjoyed playing it more on the Switch because it was a lot more streamlined. As an old guy who doesn't get a ton of time to play video games, that is very, very appealing to me. That's it for today's episode of Nintendo Switch Switchcraft. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to watch the show live, it's super easy to do. Head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp follow the channel to get alerted every time I go live. You can always get a hold of me in the ways that I mentioned earlier in the show. Don't forget about our Discord. Become part of the community. Uh, We've got a Wargroove tournament going on right now, so if you want to check that out and see what's happening with the tournament, make sure you head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. If you are looking for ways to support the show, be sure to stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And don't forget... I have another podcast that comes out on Fridays called Run Jump Stomp. It's a call-in show where you get to share your thoughts on video games, not just Nintendo stuff. It's about any kind of video game stuff. The industry as a whole, PlayStation, Xbox, PC, mobile games, whatever. It's all fair game over on Run Jump Stomp, and you can find that podcast over at anchor.fm slash Stomp. The music for today's episode is, of course, Balloon Trip Remix by Noteblock, as well as Gerudo Valley by Tom Winter. Make sure you check out their stuff at a link in the show notes, or you can go to runjumpstomp.com music for links to their stuff. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay awesome.